Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Down for the Count. I am one fourth of your co-host, Tiffany Ian, on behalf of Alexis, Nicole, and Janae. We'd like to welcome you back to our show. So this is our bonus episode for the week. This is our review of Clash of Champions. Yes, Clash of Champions is over. It was explosive, but we need to give you guys our two cents of what happened and what we think about the show itself. I think you'll actually be fairly surprised. So I hope you guys enjoy this review of Clash of Champions, and we'll see you guys in there. Editor's note here. Hello, everybody. I'm Tiffany. I forgot to tell you guys. This episode is going to be raw, unedited, and unfiltered. I felt like with Clash of Champions being as good as it was, it deserved a raw, unedited, unfiltered show. So I hope you guys enjoy that. Gotta go. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Down for the Count. We got a special episode today because we are just covering Clash of Champions that went down about 24 hours ago. As always, I'm Alexis, and joining me, this is weird because now we got a third name. I have Tiff, Nicole, and Janae. Everybody say hi. What's up? Hi. Hi. All right, so we're just going to talk about, like I said, Clash Champions. Uh, Raw comes on in about two hours at the time of recording, so let's see if we can actually get this under before Raw starts. Um, so, Clash Champions, big start-off thing, of course, was at the 11th hour, came out that Nikki Cross would not be having a match against Bailey for she because te- she was exposed to someone who tested for COVID-19. And then the news broke that the women tag match between the Riot Squad and Shayna and Nia was canceled as well, uh, possibly due to COVID exposure. So fun. Um, not that I was looking forward to Bailey versus Cross Part Three or Four, uh, but anyway. Part part, well, to the women and anyone because COVID has been. A very big problem in the wrestling world this week. It's COVID for killing a six-man tag match that I was really looking forward to on Dynamite. Um, but to anyone who's been affected or exposed to this to this virus, all joking aside, we hope you come out okay and nothing nothing bad happens. So on that note, Clash of Champions, what do you guys think of the show altogether? I have the best. Sorry, Tiff. I just need to say it before I forget about it. I was online and someone said Clash of Champions was a really good pay-per-view with a really weird episode of Raw shoved in the middle. I have to agree. Yeah. Janae, what do you think? Um... I I thought it was great. There were some, there were like two matches I didn't really care for. They weren't bad, but I was like, whatever. Um, To me personally, I think this pay-per-view was probably their best pay-per-view they've put on so far this year. Um, Again, the matches were awesome. There was a lot of storytelling. There was wrestling. There was progression. um, So I'm, I'm happy with it. All right, so we're going to break this down match by match. We're going to give our opinion on it, each match, and see how it goes. 
Uh, first match of the night was Lucha House Party versus Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura for the uh, SmackDown Tag Team Titles. No offense to any of the men in this match, but I'm over it. We've seen it. And I think Janae, who is our very own statistician here, I think I said that word right. I don't I don't know. Uh, Janae, what is yeah. the number of times that Lucha House Party, whether in tag team or single match, has Lucha House Party gone up against Cesaro and Nakamura? I'm going to say I have the exact number and I've been keeping tallies, but I don't have my book with me. In some weird way, they have faced each other, I believe, more than like five or six times. Whether it's a singles match of Cesaro versus someone in Lucha House Party, a tag match, or Nakamura versus someone of the Lucha House Party. That's they've beaten this into the ground and I could care less right now. Still happy Lucha House Party getting time on TV but I'm over this. Either give them the titles or just start having something else happen because I'm I'm bored with it. Uh, Tiff, what do you think? Um, Of the match? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um... To be honest, I, it was background noise for me because I was aware of what they were going to do with the house party. They were just served with Cesaro and Nakamura. Um, quite frankly, I don't unlike the fact that Cesaro and Nakamura have the titles. I'm fine with Cesaro and Nakamura being on TV or whatever, but I, I don't understand why they have to create a tag team in order to, to have tag teams. You have viable tag team in a Lucha House Party, and you kind of nubbed over them to give the titles to Nakamura and um, Cesaro. So I, I just, I just don't care. And Cesaro doesn't need to be another tag team champion. Like he's he's been tag team champion seven times. But I think this was his eighth, or is it still his seventh? He's been tag team champion with at least two other people several times over and that says a lot so in my mind Cesaro doesn't need to hold another tag team championship for a very long time and he shouldn't have held this one but they're on the verge of breaking up Lucha House Party which is why they lost at um Clash of Champions and I was just I'm just not I wasn't feeling it so I was just like okay I'm glad they put this on the kickoff because I would have been pissed if I had to sit through that on the main card wasn't for me. Nicole, what do you think? Girl, I barely watch this shit. I ain't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're honest. I appreciate that. <laughs> Not quite honest. Janae, what do you think? I mean, I didn't mind it. You guys know how I feel when I see that they're redoing matches over and over again. I'm not a big fan of it. Um, I will still I will still say, even though I've seen a match over and over again, I will give kudos if the quality of the match is good. But we still don't need to see it. I will say I pre- I would have preferred Apollo and Bobby Lashley on the pre-show set of Lucha House Party and Cesaro. Just because entertainment-wise, I was more entertained by Lucha House Party versus Cesaro and Nakamura. But, I mean, 
it was what it was. It was Lucha House Party doing Luchador wrestling. Cesaro being really great with working with, especially with high flying people and selling their moves. It was the typical match you would think you would see with Lucha House Party and Cesaro and Nakamura. It's nothing that we haven't seen. It was a We've good match it. with no storyline. And it doesn't help when, you know, when you have them face Lucha House Party like the five or six times, and out of those five or six times, Lucha House Party has gotten maybe one singles win and maybe one tag team win. So when you go into the match, you're just like, well, we know you're not going to win. So I'll give it the quality. But then it's like, I've seen this so many times. There's nothing new you're going to show me that's going to be like, oh, this was worth the watch. And that's one of the things that WWE has a problem with is running things into the ground. And this is one of them amongst other ones that they have ran into the ground that we will probably talk about later on in the podcast. Or you'll hear me mm-hmm. bitch. Agreed. All right. Well, that was the show. And then they had the the show started off with, uh, I'm surprised they had this match the first time. It was the ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship. Jeff Hardy versus Sam Zayn. Versus I love that match. This match easily is contender for probably match of the night. These three guys wrecked the shit out of each other. Like they did that close up of Sami Zayn's back. Oh, oh my god! Like I fucking cringed. I was like, Sammy, because we. I love that match. I have not seen this. That's this literally one of the best ladder matches of the year, just in general. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen. Zane Russell like this since uh, Money in the Bank in 2017, the year he should have won that Money in the Bank briefcase. I agree. He like oh, all three, and then what he did to, to Jeff when he put the the handcuff through his gauge, and that put was a, smart shit. Like, <laughs> that was rad. I. Uh, it grossed me out, but I'm like, I woke up still remembering that today, and I was like, that's gonna be in my head for the rest of the year. Every time I look at Jeff Hardy's ears, now. I, well, he I came prepared though. I can't even, I can't even knock him though. And I'm not a fan of Sammy Zayn's heel work, but that was some smart shit. Okay, you neutralized Jeff Hardy completely out of the match. And then you almost didn't neutralize AJ, but he came in in the clutch. I'm like, you know what? I can't even be mad at you for this. Like, this was some smart shit. I knew he was going to win. I just didn't think he was going to win like that. But you did some good heel work today, so kudos to you, bitch, because I I was sure he was just going to lay in wait and take the brief, somehow get those belts off of there. But he saw he his way through, and it was smart, and it was very entertaining. They still let Jeff do his high-flyer stuff. AJ Styles performed well. All three men did very, very well in this match. I'm glad they put it at the beginning of the show because it set the tone for the rest of the show. And it, it flowed nicely from that match on. It was just good. It was just good. I think it. Anyone knows anything, they know I love a smart heel. Mm-hmm. And that that, that was just that's just such smart heel work, and everything made sense. Literally everything in that match 
made sense. And I will talk about another match that everything makes sense when we go back to it. But every single thing in this match fucking made sense. And that's the most important thing. Because WWE, it pisses me off because when W, and I'll rant about it more, WWE knows how to do really good shit. But they choose not to a lot of the time. For some fucking reason, they just say fuck it. Today they tried. Also, I this is the discrepancy. The SmackDown end of things for this pay-per-view were glaringly better than a Raw side. Hands down. Every single thing that SmackDown produced for this knocked it out of the park. Raw side really, the low po- all of the low points of this pay-per-view were from Raw. I have to agree. I didn't watch SmackDown, the the Go Home show. I kind of forgot about it because I was dealing with some family stuff that day. But I, the Raw was, Raw was absolute shit. And I think it came out and said this was one of the worst Raws since COVID started. And that's yeah. I just don't know what they're doing. I don't think they know. They don't know. For some reason, it's like they don't know what to do with Raw anymore, which makes no sense because that's supposed to be your flagship. Well, it's not anymore SmackDown because of Fox. And I think mm-hmm. that's what I think that really I think that messed them up a lot more than what they really are willing to admit. Oh, yeah. Yep. And it's really like it's very glaringly obvious that they have no idea they have no idea of Raw's identity anymore. They have no idea what that brand's identity anymore. So I think they really need to sit down. Honestly, I think they need to just scrap a lot of shit and start from scratch. Yep. Agreed. They really need to just clear house and some shit. I know Vince might be waiting for, to do a lot of stuff be, until an audience comes, but it's it's you, you can't do that anymore. No point. There's no fucking point. You the no. raw raw sucks. You have to do something. Mm-hmm. The true. best thing about Raw's program for um, Clash of Champions was that ambulance match with Randy Orton and um, Drew McIntyre. That was that was their highlight. Which is sad because they had at least three, two to three matches on that card from the Street Profits to Bobby Lashley to Asuka. You've got four matches on the card. You're capable. And in these matches, we've seen all, all the raw matchups. You're right. All the raw matchups have been ones that we've been seeing for the past three pay per views, I believe. It's not even that because SmackDown did fucking Cesaro and um, Shinsuke versus Lucha House Party for 4000 whatever. It's not even really have to do with that sort of. It's kind of... And technically Nikki Cross and Bailey was going to be a rematch as well. But it's just, it's just how things are booked over there and how their storylines are. Like the, nothing like... There's no storylines. There's no storytelling on Raw, which right. makes no fucking sense since they have plenty of time. It's a three-hour show. You know, the only thing that I really 
you know what the sad thing is? The only major story they have going on on Raw right now is Dom, the Mysterios versus Seth. And honestly, I'm getting tired of that too. I, I, I really am. But we'll we'll talk about that later on in the podcast. Um, we did have some. We did have our beloved r Truth become the. 56,542 time 24-7 champ. <laughs> I should just let him retire with that belt. And retire the belt too. I got to see Drew, Drew Drew Gulak, so I'm not complaining about that. But uh getting back to Raw. Oscar versus Selena Vega for the Raw oh, women's gosh. title. No. I have to admit something. I will have to admit something. I was sorta sort of wrong i was impressed by what i saw from selena vega last night because i I can't again i can't remember the last time she really wrestled wrestled but from what i saw last night i was like okay well if selena's gonna be a wrestler she's gonna be okay uh we all knew who was gonna win sorry fan selena fanboys uh, I unfortunately see a few growing through with Oscar and Zelina, but I think I, I have to agree with Nicole just said they can't wait for the fans to come back on Raw. If you're gonna use Bianca, it's time to bring her out and feud with Oscar. It's it's fucking time. You cannot you cannot fucking wait anymore to do this. You really fucking can't. But all in all, the match to me, it showed Zelina can do stuff. So I'm all here mm-hmm. for that. that. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't anything like, oh, my God. But it was like, it was a match. Okay, cool. So Zelina is a good wrestler. That's something I won't take from her. She's probably very rusty. And that's completely and that's completely understandable. The last match that she had, like match match, not that shit that they had her doing with Bianca, because I don't count those as matches, was her worlds collide with Piper Niven. And low key, she looked better than Piper Niven in that Worlds Collide match. And Piper Niven is a good wrestler. But um, I don't know. I think she did. I think she did good. I, I'm proud of her. I mean, she's wrestling better than her fucking Lacey is right now. And how long has this bitch been on TV? Bro, let's face it. My five-year-old could probably wrestle better than what Lacey Evans has been. I don't Evans know what the fuck's going on with Lacey Evans. I, I, I'm tired. I just don't care anymore, honestly. I just don't care. Um, She wrestled better than her. Uh, it was good. I do think the um, feud, it's smart to have the feud continue on one more time. I wouldn't be mad about that, uh, to be honest. I think there's a lot more that they can do with it. So that's why I wasn't upset. I kind of wish, and this was just me, even though it was good for the storyline, like when she bowed to us, I was like, oh, that's so nice. Because, you know, it's, you know, it's a respect thing. Especially for, you know, within that, within Asuka's culture. So, I, like- I don't know. I think if they wanted to maybe, because I think they have also too many heels on Raw, too. 
I think they could have used that as a face turn for her if they wanted to. Because if they're going to have Bianca go against Asuka, Bianca has to be a heel anyways. Most likely. Maybe. I don't know. I'd, I'd make her a heel, honestly. Or whatever she is when she's a heel. Um, but I don't know. But yeah, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, I like, they, you know, oh, the fuck worse, so. <laughs> like, when I saw that they were doing that match, I was just like, I'm going to give her a chance because I've seen Zelina wrestle before. And I was just like, the girl got moves. Like, you can tell that even when she's doing her manager thing, she's still doing things behind the scenes to stay in somewhat of a wrestling shape, even though she is a manager. So I did set the bar low. But I'm gonna. I was like, I'm gonna give her a chance because I feel like she's going to do something. And it wasn't my favorite match, but it wasn't a bad match. And she did surprise me. And I do give Zelina kudos um, because I was just like, the girl got some moves. She can do some things. Um, I knew Oscar was gonna win again. This this was a placeholder match because all belt holders have to put their title on the line. Uh, we are getting another Asuka versus Zelina on Raw tonight, but that's also because Nia's gone for two weeks. Shayna Baszler's going to be gone for two weeks, even though they're in the tag division. It just seems like the smart thing to do. Keep it going. Do I think it's going to go to hell in a cell? Maybe. Maybe not. Who knows, depending how it plays out. Um, but... <sighs> It, it was a it was a it was a fine match. I'm happy it wasn't on the pre card. I'm happy it got put on the the main card. So it wasn't nothing like oh my god that was so dope. It was like okay, it was fine. It was cool. It was it was a match. Oscar retained as she should have. Um, I immediately knew when she started to bow. I was like she's finna knee this bitch right in her face. Watch she finna attack her, and she did just in pure Zelina fashion. So the minute that happened, I was like oh we're gonna continue on with this. So. It is what it is. I'm still. I'm gonna see where this goes, because you never know. You might be surprised. What do you, Tiff, Nicole? What do you guys think? Oh, I already saw what I think. I am sorry. For the match. I, I didn't care for it at all. Do you think Zelina is gonna be Oscar's new, new like Thorn and Oscar side for a while? Like, where do you see this going? Because you're pretty good when it comes to predictions on this shit. Um, honestly, who who else are they going to put in a program with her? They started with Zelina, they need to end with Zelina. Um, but I'm, I'm probably the anomaly, and I'm probably sounding like a bitch, but I didn't like that match at all. Um, yeah, she got a lot of ring rust. Yeah, she's okay. She's not, but from the way these, and this is where I have an issue. The fans were coming at my neck. Because I was like, well, Zelina isn't exactly somebody I would say would be a contender to go up against Asuka. I saw her match with Piper Nevin. I thought she did great in that match. I love that match. Quite frankly, I thought, and I agree with Nicole. She did very well. She almost did show up Piper in that match. I thought they did very well, and they worked well together. I don't think Asuka and Zelina work well together at all. And I didn't like, it just looked like they didn't have, have no chemistry together. It seems like Asta had to dial it back a bit for Zelina, and that I didn't like because it was a direct. You can tell when you watch the match between Bailey and Asta, and the match between 
Zelina and Asha. There's two different intensities, totally different um, mindsets with both matches. I'll give Zelina credit. She did okay. But I, I, I was like, this is some bullshit. Like, y'all was hyping this girl up. And y'all was telling me, oh, she's definitely one of the best. And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, let me see. I'm like, I'm like well, shit. Dana Brooks could have did what she did. So what you... So was I wrong in my assessment? I still don't see, think so. I don't... I, to me... When I when you perform and you're coming on stage and the only thing that you have to tell me is that well in TNA she was this and in here she was this I'm like yeah but she's here now so if you can't perform to the standard that y'all are setting which is I'm not talking to the girls and the ladies in the podcast I'm talking to all of y'all who was acting like Zelina was the second coming if that's your second coming then bitch you need a new savior let's just put it that way. <laughs> um because I was it, it wasn't it wasn't great and it was less I could have done without the, the match at all to be honest with you so as far as I'm concerned it, it was okay but I'm just like all the hype that y'all did and this is what you serve okay cool whatever um <clears throat> go ahead no I just I don't have anything else to say about it. I and I will say, like, side note, like, I've been seeing online where people are like, Bianca Belair needs to be put in the title scene with Asuka, and she needs to have the belt, and she needs to do this and that. I'm going to be honest. Do I want Bianca Belair on my TV screen every Monday fucking people up? Absolutely yes. But here's the thing. The same people who want Bianca Belair to be in a title match with Asuka as of right now, to my knowledge, and she could possibly drop it to Zelina tonight, you're not taking that belt off of Asuka. So the same people that want Bianca Belair to be in a title match with Asuka are going to be the same people that are going to be upset when she loses to Asuka and then say, why did you put her in the match? If I don't know about that. that. If they uh, do it, if they do Vince, it properly. Vince likes like, her just as much as he likes Asuka. He no, really likes Bianca. He right likes Bianca. That's why he's holding her for They're not TV. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If they put her in something right now where there's no crowd or anything, they probably won't give her the title. They want to put the title on her when there's a bunch of fans. So that's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't, if they pull the trigger now, they can't, you can't halfway pull the trigger. Like you got, If you're going to pull the trigger, you got to squeeze it all the way. Don't be shy. I agree. They WWE. They really want Bianca in front of fans. So if they were to put her, because they can easily do it now. They can easily put her in a title thing with Asuka, and they're not doing it because when they, when they do it, they want it to be in front of fans, so they want to give this girl the belt. So if they were to that do it, goes back to what Nicole was saying, though. If you, uh, look, right now in this day and age, it might be a whole another year before you get fans in front of you. Exactly. If your concern is about ratings. Or if your concern is about maintaining your your core audience, then give the core audience what they need, not necessarily what they want. So right now, having Asuka as champion, although we love her, the reality of the situation is there's nothing happening with Asuka as champion with her going up against competitors who don't give her any type of 
um, how can I put it, competition. They don't, they don't give her a run for her money. There's, they don't so need, that's they're not, not working. I, to I totally agree. I honestly think, me personally, don't get me wrong, I love Asuka. Putting the belt on Bianca Belair right now, I think would be a good idea. But with the way WWE thinks, like Nicole was saying, how they're waiting for an audience, if they were to put her in this position and they're waiting to put the belt on her with an audience, they're not going to give her the belt at this moment. So the same people that want this are going to be upset that she doesn't win. But you have to think of it I this way. When when are they going to be able to actually have? I don't I don't mean to interrupt you, Tiff, because I know I seem I do no, that a lot. I'm, I'm sorry. No, 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 it's fine. I was I interrupted you, so you're good. Go ahead. Don't worry about it. All I just want to say though is like, but how much longer are they going to wait for an audience? Because the way COVID's been going rampant, there there's no way but that arena owners are going to be cool with people coming in. So this like I hate to say it. But the way people are acting like damn fools, causing this shit to keep going, we may not yeah. have an audience for another six months. You're right. Yeah, I, so know, I, I agree, but it's the WWE. <laughs> right, and I get I don't that. Know. Uh, I don't know, Nicole. I, I, I feel like, see, here's the thing. I think what Nicole said is 100% true when you're talking about having competing brands for your shows. Fox demands perfection. They don't care about what's going on with Raw. All they care about is that their ratings remain steady. And they ain't going to waver on that. If you don't do what is supposed to be done, they will pull that damn show very quickly. NBC Universal have been in, in bed with WWE for years. They know that the audience fluctuates up and down, up and down. So they're not pressed about it. But you know, Fox don't play that shit. They'll cancel you after one fucking show. They don't give they'll a turn, damn about none of that. They'll shit. cancel the fucking. They'll cancel you during a show. Fox during has the done show. that. Fox has fucking done that. They, they will cancel the show mid show. Like the show was on exactly in the middle of the show. They was like, nah, son, pull it off. That's what I'm saying. So when you when you're looking at quality and you're looking at the difference of the shows. The difference is the executives is like, we don't give a fuck about what's going on with Raw. Make sure SmackDown is done the way we want it, or you are out of here. So WWE got, they, they have a reason. NBC Universal ain't making no noise. They don't give a fuck. As long as they got something on their show every week, they don't give a damn. They, they're like, okay, well, the ratings is down. Fix these ratings. Fix these ratings. We need the ratings to go back up. Y'all can't be sitting here, you know, playing. We paying y'all. We paying all this money. You paying all this money. No. Y'all got to fix this. Fix these damn ratings. That's it. Problem. If you're going if you're gonna pull the trigger with Raw, you got plenty of opportunity to. And because you have such an explosive roster, there's nothing wrong with you fixing it. Now, I don't know who you got over what department or what's going on with all of that shit, but you need to start fixing it. Now, I ain't saying you need to use the people who you got for storylines on SmackDown, but you do need to make sure that the people on Raw are doing their job. It's clear that something is off here. It is very lopsided. You got a heavy scale and the, the weight is on SmackDown side, but all your big stars are on Raw. 
they can do so, so much and they're just not pulling the trigger on a lot of things. And it starts to become like very glaring, glaringly obvious at the fact it's like, you could be doing this, you could be doing that, but you're not, you're like a bunch of chickens with your head cut off because you're just like prolonging everything because you're waiting for this certain moment. And where we're at right now, we don't know when live crowds can come back, even though they're trying at this moment to find an outdoor venue to be able to do that. But it's like, or try to negotiate with Amway to do that. But it's just like, you don't know when it's going to happen. So it's just like, you might as well continue on on the original plan. And that's all we got to say about that. Like a quote tip. <laughs> All right, ladies, a few more matches here. We have the United States Championship. Again, Raw. We have Bobby Lashley versus Apollo Crews. Can we and we not talk about this match, seriously. They've done this so much. Like, I just don't. This was boring. Apollo, but I was bored with this match, and I was happy when it ended. And that's no shade to anybody involved in that match, but yeah. We, we love everything you guys are doing, but th- this ain't it anymore. We're done. I'll tell you how I feel about that match. Since Apollo Crews got the title off of Andrade, he has faced the Hurt Business in some capacity 13 times. And that has been his only thing since he has gotten that belt off of Andrade. And this, is, this was back in June 15th, June 15th or something when it started. All he had was hurt business 13 times. I care less about that whole storyline. I could care less about the U.S. US title besides me wanting to get it. Um, I could care less if they're hanky. I don't care anymore. They need to be over and done with it. Hopefully this last match was them being over and done with it. At this point, you need tag teams put Rico Suave and Apollo into a tag team and fix something out until you guys can get some viable tag teams back. Because don't get me wrong, I love the Street Profits, but they need somebody because I'm tired of seeing them facing the same people too. And we'll get into that later. Anybody else have anything? Not on the match itself. Um, I actually just want to talk about the the problem. Isn't that yes? Statistically, they have they do rehash, they do go over these matches too many times. And Janae's right, like that that shouldn't have been. If you were, and even though the belt was created for Lashley, like if that was the case, then you should have had Lashley walking around with the belt and then have him compete against Apollo for the belt and then just gave him the fucking belt, okay, and then left it at that, right? Now. My issue with this is that Apollo Crews, they make Crews a baby face severe. And I love a good face, but I, I want my faces to be real people. And I feel like I'm I'm a real person. But if you, you coming at me, you attacking me over and over and over again, the only way, two ways you can respond is to retreat or to attack. Once you're back in the corner, you got two options. It's defend or flight. And in this case, they make them pick a third, which is, you know, I'm 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 fighting for my family. No, fuck that. I'm fighting because you keep whooping my ass everywhere, and I'm getting tired of that shit. 
Like, y'all got to do something. I don't know who need to hear this, but every one of y'all who is a face character, when y'all come out there, y'all got to have some backbone, period. Because reality will tell you that ain't that shit ain't real. Because nobody's in the middle of a fight talking about I'm fighting for my family, unless you defended somebody who can't fight for themselves. Like, if you're in a fight because people keep attacking you, trying to take something from you, your goal is to get what they stole and to get some dignity back. Am I right? Yes. So why are you in the middle of that damn panel for kickoff, and the first thing out of your mouth is, I want my kids to see that daddy has a championship. Daddy already had the championship. Dad lost it. That doesn't make him any less of a man. What makes him less of a man is that he can't stand up and say, I want my fucking championship back. Damn all of the sensitive shit. Fuck that. Because I ain't trying to be mean, Paolo, but right now, your baby's not in the ring getting pummeled by a big, big ass goddamn milk dud looking motherfucker. Like, that's not happening. That's you in there getting your ass whooped. So I'm just saying, if you, if you're going to be if you're going to be in the WWE or in any wrestling promotion, in indie, you major mainstream AEW, y'all got to do something with y'all face characters, okay? Because it's getting harder and harder every day to back you up. And here's a, here's one here's another Janae rant. Um, the issue that I have when it comes to how WWE does baby faces, they always do it, if you guys notice, in a match. So have a match with the heel. They will be getting their ass kicked 90% of the time. And then somehow they find the soul of Super Saiyan. The soul of Super Saiyan. And they end up winning the match. But they were getting basically handed. They were getting their asses handed to them the whole match. Or they have these baby face cuts. These, I'm a hard worker and this, this, and that. It's just like, why? Can't we just have a baby face that comes out and goes... I'm sick of your shit. I'm just going to kick your ass. I mean, Bianca's like that. When she's a face, Bianca's like that. And and that's what I'm saying. Like, look, I just want some realism to my character. The days of Hulk Hogan are over. Hear me when I say this. Hulk Hogan is over. And the reality of the situation is, there ain't no way you're going to be getting your ass whipped like that in any fight. And then all of a sudden, you just get the breath of God and you're ready to fight. And you all of a sudden got this power that you didn't think you had. Where you get it from? Getting your ass whipped for 20 minutes? And that's what... Thank you so much for sticking it out with us at Down for the Count. So we're just taking a little commercial break to let you guys know that we are on two social media platforms, Instagram and Twitter. You can hit us up there with any news that you want us to discuss, any topic that you want us to discuss. We got you. Just send it to us. We are all for people. Well, sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) Anyway, so make sure you guys stick with us at Down for the Count, and we're going to continue on with our show. Bobby's been the most like, I was so pissed off when it was Biggie versus Sheamus. I believe it was on SmackDown. 
And Sheamus was working over Big E, like 90 to 95% of the match, worked his knee over, and then Big E found, found God, and then he ended up winning. Same thing when you had Matt Riddle versus Corbin. Matt uh, Corbin worked him over like 95%. I believe the match went for like 10 minutes, and Corbin worked him over for like eight minutes. Matt Riddle had two minutes of offense throughout that match, and, he's, and then he was able to pull it off. There, I, there comes a point in time where it's just like, I just want, like Bianca Belair, I just want to see a baby face come out there and not have to get their ass kicked the whole match. And then somehow their ancestors come to them and go, it's my child. I need you to, not, my child, I need you to stop getting your ass kicked. Kind of like, like when you was a kid and you came in crying because someone hit you and then your mama and your daddy's like, uh-uh, take your ass back out there and do something. Like, I don't want to see that. Like, get in there get the job done. There are certain characters that I see that shouldn't have to play that role. Biggie is one of those characters where he shouldn't have to go in the ring and get his ass handed to him 90 to 95% of the time and, and then pick up the win. Have y'all seen Biggie? He shouldn't have to go through that whatsoever. And it's just like, it gets annoying that they put these certain wrestlers in this like baby face mode where it's just like, we're gonna do this so you feel really, really bad for the baby, uh, really bad for the baby face, and so you hate the heel even more. So when the baby face win, you feel some sort of accomplishment. It's getting that old. is not what's happening because ninety percent of fans are heel fans. No, I'm talking about the ones that love baby faces, where it's like the baby faces is getting beat up all the time, so you're really hating the heels because they're beating up on your favorite wrestler who's a baby face. But then when the baby face pulls out the win, you feel good about it because they won. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm a face. I'm a face girl, and I don't. I don't know. Nope. Well, it's if not you your ass whooped, and you're not trying. Then, bitch, you deserve to get your ass whooped. I'm not finna. Different wrestling breed. Too. If you you <laughs> you be like, girl, I, get up. Do something. Like, what are you doing? No, cause okay. Cause we always compare to movies, right? So when you watch the movie. And the hero's fighting. And even though he might be getting down, beat down, there are some movies where the hero began his ass kicked. And then all of a sudden, he, he's thinking about, you know, whatever this person did to him. It made him so mad. He was able to get that power back and fight his way through it, right? But that is visual. It's visualized for us so we can understand where that came from, right? That's not always the case when you watch wrestling. Sometimes, even if you are inferring what's going on, sometimes even if you're just watching it for what it is, we have to interpret what is being said or what's being done and how the story is structured. So it's like, it's like, like I say, God damn, y'all got to do something. Because uh, it's tired. Shit. I can honestly say that there's not a lot of wrestling fans that think the way we do. And you have those wrestling fans that think Ooh. I just need it. Like, I don't need for them to get their ass kicked the whole match. And then they win. Like, have them come out and be like, I'm going to fuck you up. I'm going to fuck you up. And then I'm going to go about my merry way. And I'm going to smile and throw pancakes and roll around the ring and gyrate my ball sack. Like, you got anything to You got anything to add, Nicole? No. Nope. <laughs> well, no, speaking, of, speaking of the WWE beating a dead horse again, 
for the Raw Tag Titles. Also, can we also not talk about this either? <laughs> no, okay. well, I didn't have any guards that, guards that got injured, but they said it's not as bad as, as they thought it was. So That's what I was going to ask. It might be a tip. I looked away from the TV for a second uh, when on the Friday and Angel going up against them. And then the next thing I know, the match is over, and now I'm hearing reports that it's Angel's hip. Dawkins looked pissed, and now I'm reading on CBS Sports that the ref threw up the X, and and they ignored it. So, basically, what happened? Here's a little math for you. Tag team-wise, they have faced each other at least three or four times. Individually, singles matches five times. I'm over it. Move on. To Garza. Um, after he did the Spanish fly, he did a knee to Montez, in which they believe he injured his hip. Um, the ref went to Angel Garza. They were talking. You see the ref throw up the X. Garza went for the tag, and he rolled out of the ring. And then you can see... Um, in a quick cut, the medical team arrived to take care of him. Um, Dawkins went to hit, I forgot the name of his finisher, but it's basically a spine buster. Went to hit a spine buster to go for the pin. Um, there was some kind of miscommunication somewhere because Angel Garza kicked out. The ref still counted the three because they wanted to end the match so they can go and attend to Garza. So a lot of people are getting on the ref. But there was always there was there was some kind of miscommunication that the ref didn't say to Andrade, stay down for the three. There was something going on because neither did Dawkins know what was happening because you can tell that he was pissed off like what what the fuck just happened. But the match was called right then and there so they could uh, so they can tend to Garza. Uh, mm-hmm. Makes sense. Okay. We don't that. All right. Uh, so the next, well, next match was for the SmackDown Women's title. Uh, Bailey came out, she cut a promo, wanted to be declared the winner of an open challenge, and Asuka's music hit, which was everyone was like, what the fuck happened? I was laughing. Uh, I love that. I was like, she's just going to kick this girl's ass again. Um, but we all were thinking, we're like, because at that moment, we're like, okay, where's Sasha? She's she's gonna do something, mm-hmm. and sure enough, Sasha Banks showed up, neck yes. brace and all. Nicole's pretty sure Zelina Vega got mad at her because she was rocking the Aaliyah look. <laughs> ah. and, uh, she did she, it well though. I'll give her that. It was cute. She was looking yeah. like Zelina was in the corner somewhere behind the cameras, pissed. This it was the- a good modern. And what I really liked about it. It was like a good sort of like funny modern because obviously the choker was the neck brace. I said they should have right. been, and w- yeah, and I was like she should have been dazzled because that would have been even funnier. But that was dope. So I just want to say this because this wasn't really a match; it was more of just the beatdown on Bailey we've been waiting for. This is the Sasha Banks that I've been wanting to see since this woman came back. Yeah. This is the Sasha I have been waiting for, and I was screaming that in my house. This is the bitch that I have been waiting for. You're going to take me out. I'm going to show up and just absolutely wreck your shit. Like, this is the Sasha Banks I have been begging for for months now, and I finally get to see it, and I'm like, yes, this is the bitch we need to see. 
and her tweet was like, you see what I did to you? And I wasn't even 100%. Imagine what I can do when I'm fully healed. And then she put, I'm that bitch. I was like, period, bobblehead. Period. This is what we've been wanting. Not this whiny little bitch baby. We, if you're going to come out there and call yourself the blueprint, the boss, whatever you're fucking calling yourself this week, fucking do shit to prove it. This like, is what I've been waiting for. Chip was saying she was. Oh, what did you ancestors. I liked it. I thought it was cute. I thought it was a good way. It was a good, it was a lot, it was good character work for, for Bailey. And it's also, again, storytelling. I'm going to use this word 5 million times today. But it was good storytelling on Bailey's end because she's terrified of Asuka. Mm-hmm. So she's like, I'm just going to fucking DQ myself because I'm not sure if I can beat her because I was a, not prepared for someone like this. And she has beaten me before. So yeah. I'm not going to chance it. I'm just going to fucking DQ myself. I don't care. Because she doesn't care. She's so nope. obsessed with that retaining that championship because she had it so long. And that is a part of her identity. Yeah. So she's going to do whatever she can to retain it. And then also Sasha, regardless of how bad she's hurting, and it was good on her part before she even hit her the first time she hesitated and she looked at her Yeah, because it was like, no matter everything that you've done to me, she still paused for a second. Cause that's still her. Like that was her best friend. Mm-hmm. But then she yeah. was like, you know what? There's nothing in there. She's like, there's nothing behind her eyes. No more. Just fuck it. She's like, you, you don't care. And one of the things that I like too, is after, after she put her foot on the chair, you can see Sasha go, I'm useless to you. And then that moment, like, the way it was, like, I saw, it looked like she she still looked hurt. Like, wow, you, I'm supposed to be your best friend and I'm useless to you? Well, I'm going to show you how useless I can be. So I love the fact that she came in and, you know, the, the story there was great. Like, the match, even if Nikki Cross was in the match, that match was only the purpose, the sole purpose to see what was going to happen between Sasha and Bailey. And I think yeah. that they, I think they executed it very well. I love the chair shot. She got her good on the back. Um, I love her little uh, Bailey's little fib with Michael Cole thinking that her thing she has going with Michael Cole and her throwing Sasha to the ring. And if you, re- if you remember the last time when Bailey was walking up to Sasha after she injured her, Bailey was trying to get away from her. She couldn't, but this time she was prepared because once Bailey got up to her, she kicked her out from the knee. She kicked her arm to get her to drop that chair and she immediately went for that kendo stick. She walked mm-hmm. over there. She thought about it for a second and she said, you know what? Screw it. And she went to town on her. And you saw the fear in Bailey's eyes. You saw the fear where it's just like, I underestimated my so-called best friend. I underestimated the fact that when she's prepared, she can kick my ass. Because all the times Bailey has went after Sasha when she was down or when, you know, when she knew the, the odds were on her side. But when it was like a fair match, Bailey knows from the look on her face that she might not be able to take Sasha. And you saw that she was scared all the way up the ramp. She was even, even pleading with Sasha as she was scooting away. She is scared of Sasha. She mm-hmm. knows it. She knows that she cannot beat Sasha. So obviously she's going to try every 
book, everything in the book to throw at Sasha to get away from her. And it's, it's not going to work. They know each other more than anyone else. But I would say that Sasha may know Bailey more than Bailey would know Sasha. This is true. I, the only thing I would say is that it was a good way for them to segue into finishing out their story at Hell in a Cell. It was good. I was fine with Oscar being the one. There wasn't really nobody else they could have chosen. And it didn't make Oscar look any weaker. Now, there were some people who were upset. Or they could have gave somebody else the opportunity. He would have been DC'd out. Everybody, everybody who would have gone in that match, anybody, whether it was NXT Superstar or somebody from the back on SmackDown, they would have got DQ'd. It wouldn't have mattered. It would mean absolutely nothing. The whole focus was Sasha and Bailey. And they did their job. They executed it effectively. And I'm yes. fine with that. And I like the segue. And I'm glad that Sasha was able to come in. She still played her part like her neck was hurt, but she still did what she was supposed to do. So I'm just waiting when Sasha's at 100% how they're going to make this work. They got hell in the cell on the 25th of October this year. And yes. right in underneath that, right in underneath that Amway contract. They was like, "No, nah, bitch, you need to stay inside. We need to be inside. We gotta, we gotta get this booty shit up, booty shit up. We gotta have this damn pay per view, okay? We can't wait. I'm glad I, they kept it in October. And I honestly think that if it, if they're doing Sasha versus Bailey in Hell in a Cell, I think that match is going to be amazing because. Mm-hmm. They are going to beat the shit out of each other. This would be Sasha's third Hell in a Cell, which I think she needs to win this. She needs to win this third Hell in a Cell. Every Hell in a Cell. Yeah. So she needs to win this. Um, I think it's going to be a good match. I honestly think it will continue after Hell in a Cell, but I'm I'm excited for it. Like a lot of people are just like, oh, it's been drawing out for so long. It's just like we are at the point right now. Like if this doesn't, even Ember Moon says she wanted more of Sasha and Bailey. Ember Moon. She didn't mind. She didn't home mind her own fucking business. Yeah. They were talking about she was tired of seeing Sasha and Bailey and the four horsewomen. Even she's saying she wants to see more of it. So I think they're, they're going in the right direction. So I'm excited to see how this ends. I, I mean, I even said it. Like, I, I'm sick of seeing the four horsewomen, but the way that they handled this is actually very good. Don't fuck this shit up. All right, we got two more matches to talk about. This one is definitely number two contender for match of the night. Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton in an ambulance match. I think this was perfectly executed. When you have the big show, you had Shawn Michaels, and you had Christian come back, which are all guys who Orton has taken out. They came back and it was like, I love what Michael Cole, was it Michael Cole or, Cole or Corey? They're like, the sins of Randy Orton's past is coming back to get him. And I'm like, that is fucking perfect. I love that. This match was actually very good. And I don't care what any of these reviewers say. B minus my ass, CBS Sports. This was definitely probably one of the best matches of the night. It was a great match. I agree. It was an amazing match. I I love how everyone that hunted came out. Uh, the HPK Super Compact or Super Kick was my favorite. Yeah. And 
he did the whole suck it thing. I like pushed him off and he did the whole suck it thing. I thought that was amazing seeing Christian. Um, the the move that McIntyre took on the front windshield, you can see his whole back was just like completely oh. jacked up. I love the finish after he claymored him and threw him in the ambulance. McIntyre was like, no, I'm going to give you what you have given everybody else and then gave him one last final punt to the face and then closed the ambulance doors to see Ric Flair wooing as he was driving off in the ambulance. I thought this match was amazing. The only thing that was missing is that Edge would have came out of nowhere and speared him into the back of that ambulance. Back. That was the only thing that was... If, if Edge did that, that would have been match of the fucking year. But I, I, I love this match. Nicole Tiff, what do you, what do you guys think? Nicole, you go first. Um, it was a good match. I don't really have a bunch to say. The only, and I know this is very nitpicky. I, I kind of didn't like all of these people coming back because, to me, it kind of weakened Drew a little bit because he like literally got all of this help. He had one. Mm. He had Big Show, Mike, Michaels. Um, and whoever else understand. showed up. So I kind of didn't like, like how so many people were coming. Yeah, it was just like, okay. And then it was like, okay. <laughs> and then it was okay. Honestly, I think I wouldn't have had Big Show show up. I maybe, I maybe would have done the thing with um Sean. And then I would have kept the bit with Rick driving off, even though we know damn well Rick Flair probably does not have a driver's license and cannot drive <laughs> motor vehicles. <laughs> he's driver's but I would have kept that because that was funny. If you and I, that was like don't... a good that was like a good ending. I, I I didn't like how so many people were popping up. I know that's very nitpicky, but that's like the one thing that threw me off. If y'all haven't followed us on Twitter yet, please go do it. Tiff will put the promotion at the end of the show here. Nicole was going off last night about all these people showing up. She's like, Sean needs to get down from there. What's his old ass doing on top of a fucking ambulance? <laughs> this fucking lazy eye. Shout out to Sean Michaels, though. <laughs> Ooh, you gotta bring up the lazy eye. Man. He do got lazy eyes too. He do got lazy eyes. So what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's still Richard. Yeah, and he's, what the fuck it, I'm talking it was, about? It was a good match. <laughs> I, I, I've always advocated for Joe, so I wasn't surprised that the match was good. He didn't necessarily need the help, but if you and looking at it from the coach perspective, I could understand that, and I totally do what she's saying. He's a champion, but he needed four people to help him keep this title against Randy Orton. I look at it a different way. I look at it like all these people was coming back to get vengeance on Drew, on Randy Orton. And it just so happens that it was during this match. Um, and, and I'm like, as far as I'm concerned, it's no DQ. Um, <clears throat> everything is in play. You know what I'm saying? So I I love the match. I thought it was great. I thought all of them coming in and helping was great. I'm I'm with Alexis. I wish that Edge was cleared and to come in and and he- and give that final blow to Randy Orton. And um, but 
they didn't. And it was fine. Either way, it was still a good um, setup for Drew and Randy to, I guess, to close out their program. I don't think it's over. I think they're going to go in the cell because Randy's going to make his case about all these people coming into this match, and he's definitely going to get another shot at Hell in the Cell. I don't think it's over the same. I agree with you. I I think they're going to continue this up to Hell in a Cell, and then that's going to be it for at least a month because then they'll start focusing on Survivor Series. So last match, last match of the night, Universal Title, Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso, and all I have to say is y'all are nothing but a bunch of thirsty ass bitches who were freaking out because here comes Roman with no vest on. And I'm like, y'all, you a hater. Y'all never heard Google. Who's such a hater? I felt a little parched. The minute he came out, I said, ooh, I feel a little, my throat feel a little dry. And Alexis got a lot of nerves because if it was Joe, she'd be all over that shit. And she Mm. know it. My man wrestled shirtless, so I wasn't freaking out. But y'all... No, y'all on Twitter, y'all in the group chat, y'all were going off like you've never seen a, a, a shirtless Samoan man before, and it shows. Like, you know, it looks like that. Yes. You know, you, like that. Mm. Nah. Regardless of how anybody feels about Roman and how much I make fun of his fucking teeth, and I'll get into this in a second. <laughs> because I was, ha- I was having a, before I was distracted, because at first I was like, this is okay. just a lot, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Because he's a lot. That's a lot going on. Regardless, that, and this is, and I've said this a while ago, this is why a lot of dudes hate Roman Reigns or hated him. Because yeah. he looks like that. It's a yeah. very, and I equate it to the Megan Fox thing. What's the Megan Fox thing? A lot of back when Megan Fox was in her peak, a lot of like quote unquote fake feminists. Well, that's not quote unquote fake feminists because they are because all because real feminists accept everyone did not like her because she was how because look how she fucking looks. Because she's a voluptuous woman and she's beautiful. She's got strikingly beautiful eyes, the pouty lips that everybody covets. That is, and she didn't make no bones about what she said. Megan was very straightforward about how she spoke and everything. And she just is a strikingly beautiful girl. And, and she so was a cool, and then she was a cool chick. She was like, mm-hmm. she didn't have a stank personality. She was just like, she wasn't out here partying, partying like her peers. She was like, I was like taking my ass at home. And, you know, she's like just watching some TV, like watch Star Wars. And she's like, I'm not really about that. And it's like, and people are like, oh my God. And it's like, no, she's just normal. She's a normal person. She just is beautiful. But she just lives and people and like those fucking hated her. And that's the same thing on Rome. Like they fucking hate him because he's this wonderful looking man who has <laughs> a great per- who has a good and this is like obviously we're not talking within K- uh, completely out of kayfabe and he has this really dope personality okay. nigga I hate him too <laughs> and you got your, and you got your, your girl 
your girl who don't give two two shits, and I'm not saying all girls don't like wrestling, but it's like say you're like they have this guy and they have their girl who's who's maybe not be a wrestling fan. She just talked about I want to watch SmackDown. What the fuck you want to watch SmackDown for? You don't like wrestling. Wrestling. <laughs> Now, Stay fucking pregnant. God bless her. I don't know who was on birth last night. <laughs> like I said, I said, if I woke up and I had Roman Reigns. Roman fangirls. It was the Uso fangirls. Y'all were just thirsty, thirsty, thirsty. Like, what's Y'all that? get mad because I know our family genes is fire. Do not get mad. It's a preschool. The art of Roman Reigns' body. I was appreciating what I was seeing. There's nothing wrong yeah, with that. They looked good too. Hell yeah, he did. <laughs> the, 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 he the, you know, he put baby oil and water in his hair, and then he came out with his and the tattoo was just pulsating, and you saw the abs, and he ain't had no shirt on. He uses, he uses conditioner. He don't use baby oil. Well, when he came out, I was like, good God almighty, I would jump this <laughs> shit out of him right now. <laughs> Look, it's, yes. it, it, it's not, it's, I'm like, it's no different than when the fanboys be geeking out over Alexa Bliss and her butt. So we either shit. Oh, forget hog, forget Cam Hawkneck, Heyman, I'm just Team Roman. <laughs> team Roman well, Team Roman Chester. <laughs> yeah, so we can get, so after all that happened, because the match was really good. It was Besides amazing. all of the hoopla. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. What? Why? I at first I I can't explain it, but the more I was watching it, I was just like, this match is still going. Because they were telling us to me when I watched the match, 
I wasn't looking at, to me, the wrestling came second. I was looking at the, how the story was being played out between Jay and Roman in the ring. Bitch, please. So, you were looking at Roman. I was looking at him. He came out during, in the beginning of the match. But once the match proceeded and started, like you I, for, what he was. Way, Jay <laughs> was when I knew Jay was going to be served up to Roman on the platter. I just wanted to see how they were going to play that story out. And when I watched the match, I saw that I was just like, they're doing an amazing job. They're playing off of Roman being like, I'm. Okay, ladies and gents, we're going to take a small break in between our Clash of Champions review just to tell you guys what you have coming up for the next month or so for wrestling. All right. So we're going to start with WWE because they have the most recent events. WWE has NXT TakeOver 31 coming up. All titles will be contested. There are some non-title matches on the card. But as of right now, there's only one. Maybe by the end of the week, they will add another. But for right now, we have all the titles being defended and one non-title match. Moving into that following Friday, which will be the WWE Draft. October 9th is the day that the draft starts on SmackDown. And then October 12th, Monday Night Raw, is where the draft will end. As far as I know, the rules are all competitors are eligible to be traded in the WWE Draft. And you never know where people could end up or how much of a swerve they throw when they start to shake up the WWE roster. So we'll see. And hopefully we'll get some NXT call-ups in this little shakeup. Moving into this final piece for WWE. WWE has a one pay-per-view this month, and that is Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell is set to be on October 21st, um, and it will be on a Sunday. That also leads to my Impact news. Impact has an entire week on Access TV dedicated to Bound for Glory starting on Tuesday, October 20th and moving all the way out to that Saturday, October 24th. From Impact to Talk and Shop to their special for This is Bound for Glory on Thursday, moving into Saturday, having a full day on Access TV from 6 to the end, to the beginning of Bound for Glory and of course the end because they're going to show their pay-per-view on Access TV. It will not be on Fight TV or any other um, paid outlet. They're going to put Bound for Glory on Access TV for everyone to see. Now, if you want to know how to get Access TV or how you can watch it, you need to go to accesstv.com and type in your zip code and it will tell you if it's available in your area or not. And that, my friends, is the full month of October, and those are your special events and pay-per-views for the month. So I hope you guys enjoyed that little piece, and we're going to go and finish up our review of Clash of Champions. I'm the head of the table. I'm the one that feeds the family. You're the little brother who thinks they can defeat me. I'm the big bro. Like, this is not going to happen. And then I like the fact how they played off the day where he's like, yeah, I'm the, the little bro but you're not going to hear me say that you're the tribal chief. I'm not going to let you win. You saw like a history of the whole family, especially when you watch the vignettes and everything, you saw like the whole storyline, the whole history of that Simone family like play out. And that's why I personally feel like that needed to be the main event because you couldn't end that match the way you did and then go into another match. Like 
I loved it. I thought it was, I thought it was amazing. I didn't care about the wrestling. I was focused on how they were telling the story. I love when Jimmy came out. They, they did it perfectly, in my opinion. To me, that was my match of the night. Tiff, Nicole, what do you think? Tiff, you can go first. Tiff's rolling over Roman right now. <laughs> oh, eat a dick. <laughs> Tiff. <laughs> Give me one second. Just a second. Hold on. Um. Okay, so I I have to look at it from two perspectives. <laughs> Storyline wise, it was great. Oh God. Um, I. I'm glad that they went this route because <laughs> I hate Roman for this. I truly do. Cause it, and I don't like Paul Heyman for this either. So it works in making him that master heel they wanted him to be. I hated the fact that it, it had to end it the way that it did. I was just like, did they have to do that? Like, I'm I'm sitting up here mad as hell. I was mad. And I'm like, why did you do your cousin like that? I could understand it better if he was just like, you know, we distant cousins. We ain't that close. But we've all seen y'all relationship. And for it to break down like this, Jay was defiant to the very end. And it took his brother Jimmy coming in there, throwing in the towel for him, and calling him the tribal chief. And I was just like, bitch, you would have had to kill me first before I would have said any of that shit. True. Never in the day. Never. On the flip side, outside of the cafe, it was brilliant. It was smart. And a lot of people want to give Heyman credit for this. I don't know about that. I feel like this came from the Usos themselves. Um, I feel like they, they're smarter than what people give them credit for. I think Paul Heyman get a lot of credit for a lot of things that he probably don't have nothing to do with. And <clears throat> I just honestly think that this idea or this concept came from them. And look at how the storyline is structured. It's centered around their family and the way that their culture is set up. It's centered around them. Now, Paul, Man- Paul Heyman, yes, he's worked with their family before and he knows about the culture, but he's not in it. He's not a part of it. So he, he can only give you from his perspective. Those boys know exactly what they're doing. And they, if they gave them the free reign that they gave Bray Wyatt, do his stories and they did a very good job at making sure that they understood the dynamic of this family they used social media properly to get this over and then they ended up letting it kind of come to this standstill at the pay-per-view it was intriguing it was sad it it made me angry it gave you what it needed to give you and that is the way it should be 
That's how it's supposed to be. You're not supposed to like the fact that Roman Reigns is bitching his cousin out on national TV. You're not supposed to like that. You're not supposed to be okay with that. That shouldn't sit right with you. Whether you know it's real or not is irrelevant. Point is, what type of emotion did that evoke in you when you watched it? And if you didn't react to what you saw, you should be a robot. Or he just very well wasn't invested. Now, time frame, I did not recognize that it went a long time. I was invested in what I saw. So for me, I was more concerned with the fact that they were going back and forth. And when you watch the match, let's say you don't have no idea about Roman Reigns being the guy for WWE. You don't have no concept of that. All you see is clearly Jay Uso is the underdog in this match. And there were many, many times that he very well could be the universal champion right now. And had Roman not low-blowed him, he just might have been able to recover and win this match. So it wasn't just a clear, we're going to beat you down, and then you got to beg, you know, me to praise me like I'm the king. No, it was, I'm going to fight you to the death if I have to, to prove I'm worthy of taking this off of you. And he did that. So you got to give Jey Uso mad respect. And at the same time, you got to give Roman respect for making sure the story and everything came together like it should. They played their part and they made that tape. They ended that tape with you well. It just is what it is. It was good. Um. So I didn't notice. I noticed the link once before Jimmy came out. And I was like, oh, this match has been going on for a while. But it wasn't because I was like, okay, it needed to be over. I just realized, oh, this match is a lot longer. I thought that match was probably going to be six minutes. Six, seven minutes. Tough. Even even with all of this, I did not think that this move, it was going to be that long. Mm-hmm. But it had to be that long. It wouldn't have made as much sense if it wasn't that long. Just like, and then people, and then there are some people like, well, I don't understand the tribal tribal chief, whatever. And I was like, because it's like, it's significant in their culture. It's not something that is not even in kayfabe culture. It's like, no, that's very significant in their culture and specifically in that family in general. We... Obviously, us as wrestling fans, we call Peter High Chief Peter Maivia. We call him High Chief. That's what they call him. Mm-hmm. Because that was the chief of their family. And they take, and just within the Samoan culture, like, they take that shit very seriously. And this is a lot with, and this also has a lot to do with, like, them and a lot of specific Islanders and um, okay. cultural, like, cultures that are adjacent to that as well so it was the significance of that and like I said before as like it was I think the best villains always think that they are doing what's right Roman and his and his character he's thinking what he's doing is 100% right like from that last from that 
go home the clip from the go home show to now he was like all you had he was like i'm doing this for our family because i think i'm the only person who can wear the crown nobody else is prepared no one else in this family is prepared to wear the crown like i am so I am going to take that burden because I don't think you can handle it. And that's fine. And I still love you, but you are, but I feel like I, I have to do it. And you just going to have to respect that and give me my end, acknowledging me for that. And that's what it was. And he played that out perfectly. And Jay being resilient and being like I said, like he's and he even said it before in a chronicle, he he was always like considered the youngest because you know, he, which this is a very long time before twins, and I'm I'm glad that they're okay. There's a nine minutes difference between him and Jimmy. That's a long time for twins. That's that's almost dangerous, actually. Twins are usually and a minute or two or three a piece. I think yeah, five is very like, dangerous. And he said, he's like, nine. I was like, whoa, that's, that's a long time. So, um, so, but obviously they're okay. Obviously. But I'm glad they're okay. But anyways, um, so it was just, it was not only good storytelling, through, it was good storytelling to help the not only elevate the character, but and it was a uh, character, but it was also in family dynamics, like very basic family dynamics of someone who's and it's like these people who really take really take the business seriously. They take their jobs and they take their position within the industry very very seriously. Mm-hmm. So that's why like that all of that clicked and made perfect sense for me and it had to be that long because you had to feel uncomfortable I felt uncomfortable I was like you know what I was like man just stop I was like just fucking pin them stop it and you're supposed and that's how you're supposed to feel you're supposed to be like man like come like come the fuck on now just fucking pin him like but yes. at the same time, like how I said, his whole thing was how he's trying to prove no one in this family is strong enough to carry to you know put the put the company on our back and to make sure hey we're all eaten is me and I want you to acknowledge that and Jay's like no nah, I'm not fucking doing that and that's the point and that was and it was smart for Jimmy to be the one to throw in the towel. And that was also smart because he was like, you know what? I can't watch this anymore. Can't do it. This is, he's like, this is it. And it was not only he did it so he could, he, he didn't care about, he might not necessarily wanted to tell Roman that, okay, like you're it, you're the head of the family. Cause that's what it is. Like if people's like, Yes, it is like kind of like a chief, but it's essentially like, okay, you're now officially the head of the family now. And he's like, I'm he's like, I'm just gonna tell you what you want to hear. So if you ever get some fucking goddamn sense again eventually, you'll know that you were wrong. But I'm doing this so I can save my brother 
and I and you don't damage this family doing what you think is right, even though it's not. And that's what it was. And not only that, and I'll will send you the picture. And I and I know Heyman. Heyman gets too much credit, but sometimes he doesn't get enough credit at the same time. And when he Heyman was like trying to tell him, like, okay, yeah, you're a chief, blah blah. He wasn't doing that just to like hype him up. He's doing it because you could. He was staring at Jimmy. He was like, "Yo, you're really fucking him up. Like, stop it." Yeah. He was like, like I'm t- okay. Like, I, hey, I told you, like, pin him. Like, let, like, stop it. Let's go. His dynamic with Brock is different because Brock, he was like, oh, I just want him to fuck him up. His relationship was Roman and like how Jay is acknowledge it. And that's why he didn't and that's initially get him so much shit for Paul and Mahaman because he's known his family for so long. So he's like, essentially, instead of like him with Brock is a power trip. He's like, you know what? Like, this is someone like I know his family. Um, he needs my help for whatever reason. I kind of don't think he does, but you know what? If he needs me to like have his back, I'm gonna work with him. And that's what, and that's what Paul is. Is not a power trip. It's just like this is someone I've essentially watched grow up. I know his family very well. You know, I'm just gonna see how it is. You know, I'm just. He's like, I'm just gonna help whichever way that I can. And he's like, and he's like, his face. He was like, yo, like he's like, what the fuck did I sign up for? He's like this. He's like, I wasn't. Yeah. Like I'm not here to you know you to just like fuck up your family I thought I was just here to help you okay. elevate elevate to elevate your game and go to the next level he's like I was not expecting all this and I don't necessarily might not want all of this but yeah Payman did great storytelling with that like him like trying to like okay like trying to get him to stop and also like his face when he's like looking at him uh, he's looking at him like, what the fuck is this? So I thought it was just like, where is this fucking picture? Hold on. Okay, I just sent it. And he's just looking at him like, like this dude's a fuck. He's like, this dude is fucking lost it. And, and all think- of and it's just like all of that. I don't know. I thought it was fucking amazing. And I liked it more after I slept on it. I think what I find interesting um, out of any of this is that if you go look at SmackDown before uh, before they ended when Bliss was standing next to him, there's this great perspective shot. Roman's looking at the ring. Hammond's looking at the title. And Bliss is giving, like, Roman this, like, like you know, that I'm going to fuck you up look. And I'm like, so that means the fiend is still hiding in the shadow somewhere. And again, like that too, like that was all, all of that. That's also amazing. That's very amazing, subtle storytelling too. All of that with them. And that's what I really liked about her looking at him like that is because essentially what I think they're trying to tell with that bliss storyline is that the fiend is working through her in a sense. Mm-hmm. And 
I don't mm. think it was not, it was also looking at Roman, but it was also looking at that title. Yeah. Like I'm, he's like, I'm he's like, I'm I'm gonna get myself together, but I'm gonna come for that shit in a little bit. But yeah, I'm gonna you, be over here for a, for a little while. Yeah, he's I'm gonna this for a little while, but I'm eventually come back. I'm gonna come back and pick that shit up again. And again, it was like it was all really good storytelling. And I said this last night. I said this right here is going to. I said this is going to show a lot of the cracks of the of AEW not being able to tell a story within a ring. Yeah, you you did say that. You're you also uh, you also pointed out that this is because I know uh, Ross coming on here soon. But um, I know you, Nicole said this, and it made sense. Clash of Champions may not have been the perfect pay-per-view, but it did show that WWE is actually able to put on matches with a story, even if you're not behind the story 100%, because every single one of those matches had some background, has some story to it. And... AEW doesn't. They're just throwing random shit at the wall to see what sticks, and they're hoping for the best. They've been doing that. But that's that's they've been the MO since day one. That that hasn't changed. So I'm not surprised that that, that's the case. Um, I think they try to make storylines work, but they're moving so fast, and they're trying so hard to, to outdo that they they either end it really quick, quickly or they'll move it into something else and before it can even get started. So. Yeah, and it's not way, and I'm not trying to like shit on AEW like I want them to do good, but they have a lot of things that they need to work on and, it's, and the more they age, the more it shows. And I realize that they have an issue and this is why I get bored during a lot of their pay-per-views not not necessarily their tv but i have not liked the aew pay-per-view since um revolution and that's almost that was last year yeah oh stop why'd you fucking smack him like that what dumb cat sorry (laughs) he's like wait what happened I was trying to move Drake because I have to, or this isn't Drake, this is Oreo. I was trying to move Oreo because I have to pee, and then she gets mad at him because he's sitting by me, and she smacked him this. She smacked him so hard it hit me. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) I hate these cats so much. The thing that twenty twenty. What what grade do you guys give this show as a whole? I I give it a minus. I thought it was solid. I'd give it an A just because again I didn't care for Apollo and um, Mr. Hankey. I didn't care for Zelina really and uh, Oscar and the one small nitpicky thing would be because I love the ladder match. I just didn't like how they kind of ran that match on Friday on SmackDown when they were facing each other two days later. So I'd give it an A. 
I give it an A minus. The show was entertaining. Um, mm-hmm. They weren't they weren't phoning it in this show because the last couple of WWE shows, yeah, they haven't been perfect, but a lot of those matches seemed very phone in. Right. Um, so it, yes, it was the same matches we've seen. Some of them did have stipulations. Which was cool because I can't remember the last time I saw an ambulance match, so I'm gonna give it that. that. The ladder match was awesome. The uh, I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna give it a uh, an A. But I'm really tired of seeing these feuds, and they need to do they need to do something new. They need to do something with the street profits. They do not because now Angel's out, and so they're gonna have Andrade by himself. Andrade's not going to have Zelina unless they put those two back together, which I doubt. But oh. it's like to Raw writers, y'all need to get your shit in gear because SmackDown's killing it over there. Mm-hmm. Thing too for me is like you see glimpse of how good WWE can be when you look at like Clash of Champions and certain pay per views. When you look at certain storylines, when you look at the very rare Raw episodes where you're like, that was a good Raw, you see they can do amazing things if they stayed consistent with it. If they stayed consistent with the good SmackDown shows, if they stayed consistent with the good pay-per-views, if they stayed consistent when they have good Raws, they would be blowing AEW out of the water to the point AEW wouldn't have to go after Raw for their viewership because they don't go after NXT a lot. They usually go after Raw and compare Raw and AEW together. So it's just like... If they can, well, because they, they go after NXT. But when you look at certain people, they'll compare like demo, demos and everything else to like, oh, well, AEW's demo was better than Raw's demo. And it's just like, well, you guys are comparing two different shows on two different nights when you should be going NXT and AEW. If they can stay consistent they can do really great things. And like Nicole was saying, like, they just don't. Like, it's just like they're just lazy with it sometimes. It's like, oh. Raw is like, so this is what's going. SmackDown is killing it. Raw is mm-hmm. in the fucking dumpster. Um, NXT mm-hmm. is good to boring to okay. Like, that. That's that's all. That's the range right now. But it's a consistency of all three. And it's, I don't know. I literally, NXT bugs the fuck out of me. I didn't even watch it last week because I just couldn't do it. I didn't watch last week's NXT. I could not bring myself to watch NXT because I was just been so dissatisfied the past couple weeks, give or take a match or two. But as a whole, I'm just like, I'm not into it. Like, they need to do something. I'm getting slow vibes of main roster, but like main roster raw creeping into NXT to where it's just like, I I don't feel like watching it. Like, I don't feel that way when I watch SmackDown. Like for me, SmackDown's my favorite show. Then it's NXT. Then it's, then it's NXT. Hell, NXT. I mean, them motherfuckers just been back for a second weekend. They've do, and I'm way more entertained. Exactly. And it's just like, if you stay consistent and it's just like SmackDown has been killing you. And I remember everyone was like, Raw's the A show and this is none. It's like, no, I it's, it wasn't. 
I was like, SmackDown has been killing it. They're making it work with the roster that they have and putting on mm-hmm. good storylines. And there was like, well, it's a two-hour show. That doesn't matter. Raw is a three-hour show, but they have more people on their show that they can make consistent storylines and put on good matches. That's not an excuse. That should never be an excuse. And in my mind, I'm just like, Bruce Pritchard doesn't want to be on Raw, so he's just going to sabotage it and then just make SmackDown look good to where Vince is just like, ah, just go to SmackDown. I'll find someone else. And then SmackDown's going to suck. Because as long as oh. Bruce is involved... Well, no, Bruce is always over SmackDown, though. He's been over SmackDown for quite some time. So... Yeah. He's good. I, Bruce, y- y'all know I fucking hate Bruce Pritchard. I fucking hate him. But he's good at SmackDown. He just yeah. literally can't do anything else. Like, he literally nope. cannot do anything else. He's bad at it. For some reason, SmackDown, he's... Did they eat my fucking shit? Yeah, because oh, he yeah, was he's... And when they got rid of... When they got rid of Paul Heyman and removed him from his position, they said Bruce, Bruce Pitcher was going to do SmackDown and Raw. So the SmackDown you've been seeing for a really long time, that's Bruce Pitcher. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he's doing with Raw. I don't know what's going wrong there, how he can't figure he can't it out. He can't handle the amount of people that are on Raw and the time. He needs time. to be three hours long. He needs to stick to SmackDown. You need to bring in either they need to bring in someone to run Raw and just let keep it Shane like, do it. He's not doing shit but Raw Underground, and they don't do shit with Raw Underground but give you maybe 30 minutes. Let his ass run the damn show. He don't have to be the face of the show. He don't have to be showing on television. They can do it the same way they're doing right now, but they need somebody who understands Raw. It's clear that Bruce Pritchard is not as savvy on that front. So put somebody in place who's going to be able to do what needs to be done. You've got an overloaded roster on Raw from superstars in the male's division and in the women's division. You don't have an excuse as to why your show is not structured enough to produce a quality. You're not giving us quality on Raw. There's no there's, excuse for that. Yeah, there's no reason now you have a three-hour show with the amount of people you have on your roster and we're seeing the same things over and over and over and over again in just horrible quality. No excuse. So hopefully, okay. So hopefully, they will um, figure this out. And um, it's it's it's, it's just too long. Uh, I I like Bruce for SmackDown, but not for Raw. I need to find somebody who understands the dynamic of Raw and how it should be. That's all. And if it can't be one of the McMahons, then get somebody new. Hell, y'all went all the way to Etsy to put somebody in charge of y'all financial situation. Bitch, find somebody. <laughs> Do something. Otherwise, you're just going to keep losing. We'll see. Like I said, I'm excited for SmackDown. I think viewership-wise, SmackDown's going to see a pretty good bump this Friday. Because everyone's going to want to see what's happening with and Roman. And they're about to be through the fucking roof. They're going to see yeah. <laughs> No, I'm se- I know I'm dead serious. I, yeah. And I don't like, because you know I don't give a fuck about demographics. Like, 
or any of that shit because I don't think they're real, just like I don't think birds are real. But it's like, don't... Like, I'm at... Like, I would not be shocked, honestly, if they hit two mil. Yeah. If what, SmackDown hits two mil? Yeah, yeah. I would not be shocked. SmackDown right now is averaging about 2.1 million. Averaging. Oh, that's their average? regular show? Yes, that is their average. Oh, they so, might push three oh, this so yeah, this one exceed that. Yeah. So how this works is when you get the um, first initial viewership, it's more of a guesstimation of count, and then about a couple of days later, you get the actual count. So for SmackDown Friday, the viewership guesstimation was one point nine, and I forgot the name of the website, but you can go check it on the website. It was one point nine, and then a couple of days later, they'll come, they'll put up another one that shows you what the actual viewership is. Um, so it was 2.1 this time, but actually SmackDown has been averaging around 2.1, 2.2. They hit a 2.3 like a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, on average, um, since COVID, SmackDown, actually I want to say SmackDown averages about a 2.2 million viewers on average. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking 2.4 maybe, 2.5 maybe this week. Raw on Raw is averaging about a 1.6 Well, oh no, I think they're gonna hit a three pointer. Yeah, so right now, SmackDown is doing better than Raw storyline wise. And viewership wise, just all of them. Lots of time. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's Clash of Champions and our thoughts on Clash of Champions. Uh, Raw comes on in about 15 minutes. So, you guys have anything else to say about Clash of Champions or we're good? No. What about you, Nicole? What? <laughs> Do you have anything else to say about Clash of Champions, or are you good? No, it was good. It was a lot better than I thought. I was like, I was, I was so, I wasn't really tired, but I know I was gonna force myself to go to bed. But I was like, as soon as this shit falls off the wagon, I'm taking my hands to fucking bed. And it didn't really <laughs> fall off the wagon. So no, no I was tired. Time. <laughs> That's good. Well, overall, the show to me was very good, and like I said, I give it an A minus. You saw, you heard three A's, a lot of A's, so the average will be an A minus for the show, for the collectively as a group. Now, hopefully, they find some kind of way to redeem Raw for Hell in a Cell. I don't know what they're gonna do or how they're gonna do it. But Hell in a Cell looks October twenty fifth next week. This coming Sunday, actually. It's TakeOver 31. And you got to watch that. Oh, the Not draft. The, the draft yeah. is on the 9th. The draft is that next is next week. And then that following Monday is the finishing of the draft. And then the week after that, <laughs> it's Hell in a Cell. So we got a full month this week. Not to mention Raw, SmackDown, AEW, TNA, and MLW, and anything else that's supposed to be coming on. We got a lot of shit to cover and not a lot of time to do it in. 
So I hope you guys enjoyed our review of Clash of Champions. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Well, ladies and gents, that's all we got. We ain't got no more. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Down for the Count. Be sure to follow us on all our social media. You know the drill. Twitter is at Down for the Count 19, where our lovely ladies will live tweet the shows and give their hilarious two cents on what we've been seeing and hearing in our wrestling community, as well as at Down for the Count 19 on Twitter. We have at D4TC underscore podcast on Instagram. It's a little bit quieter on Instagram, but none the same, still good content. Make sure you guys follow us on our social media platforms, or if you follow us here on Anchor, make sure that you guys send us a message if you want to hear specific topics or you have any type of comments that you would like to be included in our show. So thank you so much for watching or rather listening, and we'll see you guys next time.